hey, this is Duncan Evans, and you are listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Well, thank you for joining me. I know we've been trying to do this for a while. You've been all right? Yeah, no, no worries at all. Yeah. Yeah, all good. It's um, it's nice and sunny here in in Leeds, UK. It's um, the weather's not always great, but at the moment it is really nice. So I'm enjoying it while it's here. Yeah, same thing here. I think spring is finally around the corner, and it feels like with all this, uh, everybody getting vaccines or whatever, it feels like it's starting to really open up again. I don't know what it's like there, but here bands are booking tours. It feels like it, you know we're coming out of a cocoon, maybe. I'm hopeful. Yeah, it's starting to feel that way. I think um, we've not got so many shows being booked, but they're starting to be booked really for some late summer, more like yeah. um, autumn or fall, as you would say. Um, you know, um, but you know, we're hopeful. I think it, it all just depends how the vaccine goes. I think what's good is that um, the case numbers don't really seem to be going up; they still seem to be going down. Yep. So we just got to cross our fingers because I, I can't wait to get back to shows and tours and festivals, but both playing them and just going to see bands and socializing and yeah. reviewing them and all that because I really miss it. You know, yeah. Another summer without shows will be un- unbearable to me. I know. And it's just so devastating for the industry as well, you know, especially for small venues and, um, you know, and those kind of those medium sized artists that may be on the kind of, you know, the metal and like DIY sort of alternative scene that we all know about. There's so many bands that really rely on touring for their income and that if that can't happen, they're just, you know, they don't sell enough records to make a living off that, you know? know. So, yeah. So cross our fingers hell yeah so for those not familiar with duncan evans can you give us the two sentence boardroom pitch wow okay so basically i play um dark folk post-punk um i've got a couple of albums out on prophecy productions i've got a split album coming out soon on trepanation recordings uh, i'm an ex-member of forest of stars and i'm also part of two other projects called waxworm and moonlow Beautiful. So you keep fairly that busy. Then. Three sentences. That's okay. <laughs> but you keep fairly busy then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I love uh, music and I, I just like to get involved in, in all sorts of different ways. I do some music journalism as well. I do some bits of writing and I've, I've done a couple of reviews for yourself, actually. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I get involved as, as much as I can. And I also, I like to change it up a bit. So I suppose one thing about me is that um, the different projects that I'm involved with or that I have been involved with are not really all the same style. You know, Forest of Stars was um, a sort of, avant-garde black metal moonlows kind of what i call apocalyptic noise poetry which is really noisy synthy um dark ambient kind of stuff and then waxworm is like a bit industrial kind of like a bit a bit dance music-ish but um but kind of weird and kind of influenced by metal as, as well so and then my own stuff is more like singer songwriter uh music but the the darker end of that kind of folky style with a, a bit of uh post-punk a, a bit of heavy stuff with, thrown in there so yeah I, I just like to i like to keep it interesting you know with that uh with that in mind so your stuff tends to more on the darker side of things do you find it's been a lot easier to write in these i guess darker times that we've been through for the last year and a half 
I mean, yeah, there, there's definitely something in that. I think uh, with Moonlow especially, because Moonlow was not a thing until about pretty much just a bit more than a year ago at the very start of the pandemic. Um, before we'd properly locked down, um, I actually got ill. I think it probably was COVID. I, I don't know. They didn't really have testing back right. then. But basically, I had to self-isolate at first. And then and then while I was self-isolating, while I was I was pretty ill, it, was, it wasn't like, you know, anything really worrying, but it was like bad flu. And while I was feeling that way, the world, of course, was changing like day by day. This crazy situation started to happen. And like the Moonlow albums, it's not written about that specifically, but those feelings of, oh, my God, this is kind of an existential threat. Like, you know, we might, you know, the world seems like it's going to change. You know, I don't know if I'm, uh, you know, I, who knows? I could end up in hospital with this illness. I might die. You know, I, I never got that bad, by the way. But, right. you know, those kind of feelings. Um, so I channeled that into the music and it, it just kind of gave me this strange, weird energy. And, of course, I had the time as well to be able to to do that. So, yeah, I would say there's there's definitely an an energy that um you can you can take from that sort of existential dread at times which which right. can be which can be good creatively. Obviously the pandemic's a horrible thing, don't get me wrong, but you know, I think some good art can come from um negative situations because of those that desperation and those feelings, you know. I think you're right. And I think you touched on it as well. I talk to a lot of bands on a weekly basis and everyone's in the same boat and they're all using or not all, but a majority of them are using that downtime to really tune in and dial in their sound or dial in their songwriting. And, and I think when this is done, we're going to see some really killer records and some really killer music across all genres because everybody's had nothing to do, but like really hone their skill. Right. Yeah, for sure, man. I, th I think it's, um, yeah, it's given maybe uh, certain artists a bit of time to take stock of what they're doing, what they want to do. And maybe, especially bands that were doing a lot of shows, that that um, difference and that downtime has maybe made them think, right, okay, let's, let's really think about, you know, what do we want to do? Do we want to do, I don't know, a concept album? Or do we, you know, um, what are these grand plans that we might have? And, and that can be a really good thing. Um, I think conversely, you know, it has... I think for some people it's really kind of killed the creativity because I, I think some people have got into this thing of being a bit kind of bogged down with it all, just feeling the weight of all this um, right. negativity. So it's not, it's not all um, good for creativity, but, but yeah, I do. Th I mean, I, so what I hear is that there have been more records released because bands have been focusing on that instead of um, touring. And what, what I do like is that there's been some kind of special different records released like you know um nick cave did um idiot prayer which was like um live on the piano just piano and singing on his own at, um alexandria palace and um and there's been some other cool kind of different releases um another favorite of mine richard thompson did a like a lockdown acoustic record um so so i like i like that i know there's, there's the the band lord um over in australia who i interviewed andy dowling recently and like they they've taken stock and had a chance to do a, a covers album like really cool right. covers album which got to number one in like the alternative australian 
charts. So yeah, man, I, th I think there is some some truth in that. That um, you know, artists' output is going to be affected by this, and hopefully, a silver lining of all this is that there's some really cool creative stuff going on. What is your thoughts on how this is gonna? And I know nobody's got a crystal ball, so we can't really know, but. When this opens up and everyone says go, there's going to be like a flood of musicians playing, right? And fans like myself are not going to be able to get, I mean, there's a potential for like multiple shows in multiple cities. How do promoters deal with that and how are bands going to deal with that? Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting and it's going to be strange. And I think because I, I was actually I had a bit of a worry that maybe people would have gotten so used to like watching Netflix and just being at home that maybe they wouldn't be that desperate to get back to shows. And maybe they'd also be worried still about the, the threat of COVID. But I know there's, there's a festival where I live in Leeds, UK called Damnation Festival, which I, I've actually played it twice. It's great. You know, they have some really big names on the, you know, the what I suppose what you call the underground metal scene, right. extreme metal scene. And um they normally they, that's in november it's an indoor festival in the university and they normally sell out like either on the day of the festival or they or they don't quite sell out at all this time as soon as the announcements were made that things are hopefully going to be back to normal by then they sold out in march like about a month ago just like that within about a week so yes i think there's going to be a lot going on and i, th I think it is going to be tough um and I think, yeah, I think for a while there might be some smaller bands that are going to suffer a bit because obviously if everyone wants to play, then the promoters have kind of got, got their pick of who they, who they uh, you know, want to put on. Um, there's going to be a lot of people desperate to, to get out there. Um, but yeah, the, pr the, the other problem is that there's just going to be that split with the audience where, you know, if there's 10 shows on one night, then there's right. not necessarily going to be 10 shows worth of audience on one night in one city. Um, I kind of think we just got to wait and see, and we've got to let it kind of iron itself out. And I, I'm partly hopeful that because there'll be such, um, because people have seen how um, small venues have been affected and because there's so much, um, underground support you know for diy bands i'm hoping that that support is going to come out you, you know like i've seen that there's a local venue called boom which is a really cool venue for metal and punk and stuff like that and it's mm -hmm. not been able to open at all for over a year but they've been supported they've done crowdfunders they've sold cool merch they've done some special live stream shows from the venue and, you know, with some quite big names as well. And they've basically managed to raise enough money that at the moment, fingers crossed, it looks like they're going to be okay. So I'm so I'm kind of hopeful that there's going to be that groundswell of support. Um, and yeah, I guess, I suppose it's that thing of we've all got to get out and yes. see smaller bands, local bands, touring bands, um, and not just like, you know, there's going to be those big shows and it's great to see them, but we've got to get out and support the the DIY scene and the underground scene. And we've got to be part of that because we're all kind of in it together, you know? And that's going to be the next, hopefully, fingers crossed, that's the next phase, right? Because the bigger bands are going to be eventually timing themselves out, I think. I mean, how relevant is, you know, big Motley Crue shows going to be? Shortly, they're going to not be. And you've got your lower, not lower bands, but your what's the word, underground bands that need to fill those spots, right? 
Yeah, no, to- totally, man. A- absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so I'm kind of hopeful because I think what's great about um, DIY music and the metal scene and the punk scene and the alternative music scene generally is that there is such kind of camaraderie and yes. um, and support and there's, you know, we're, we're all in it and we all kind of know each other and there's this, there's this whole global network as well. Yes. Um, and I suppose that leads me on to, like, I, I hope that tour international touring comes back because that's... That's going to be a weird one with whether people are allowed to travel. Right. And also in the UK with Brexit and that's all finally kind of gone yeah. through and we don't, it's all a bit of a mess. Um, so, but I'm, again, the, the, the optimist in me is kind of hoping that once things do start to come back and once we start to be in a position to say, right, there's a band here, they want to book a tour, they're from France and they want to play in the UK. I'm hoping that something maybe can be done where we can find a way of making that work that, right. that works for everyone. Cause I think there is a lot of desire to get that happening. Um, but yeah, we just got to take it day by day and we've got to, we've got to, I guess I'll do our bit to support, you know, get out to those shows that you sometimes previously maybe couldn't be bothered to go to maybe just take that effort and just get out right. to that show midweek and go see some local bands, you know? I think you hit it right on the head when he spoke about community because I've been saying that for years now. There is such a community in the underground scene, the metal scene, even just the underground scene in general, maybe not just metal, that I don't think you find anywhere else. You don't find a pop metal, I mean, a pop culture scene or anything like that. And we, it is big, but it's small. I mean, does that make sense? Like, I know a lot of people from all over the world and everybody is supportive of everybody. A good example is... Uh, the drummer from Exodus, the big thrash band from San Francisco, he's got stage four cancer or something right now. And in two days when they started a GoFundMe, they're well over 150 grand towards, you know, getting. So there's people that are out there in this community that are helpful. And it's so different from anything else I've ever seen. Yeah, and no, I totally agree with that. And I think I think there's something about because it's underground, because we I think we often feel kind of like underdogs. We feel a bit um unrepresented in the mainstream media. So it's and it's that that whole strange thing where someone like I don't know, a band like Exodus, like the fact is they can walk down the street and most people don't know who on earth they are. But then, you know, in like um in, in their show, they can play to all thousands of people right. and, and they're absolutely worshipped. But everyone kind of knows that there's that flip side where, uh, you know, mainstream society is like, what? Thrash metal? What right. What even is that? And what? We've never heard of these guys. They're not famous. They, they can't play to thousands of people. So I think because we kind of know that, we all really stick together. And, and when we do find other people that are into the stuff we're into, we like, we latch onto that person. You know, you see the person across the room in a, I don't know, in a work meeting, who's got an Iron Maiden shirt and right. you go, right, I need to speak to that person. Right. You know? So, and it's great. It's re- really nice thing. So let's get back to you, Duncan Evans. Um, I've got a couple more and then we'll be out of time, but is there something you want your fans to walk away from after listening to a, uh, one of your, projects or seeing you live is it does that make sense yeah yeah it does yeah i mean i guess especially with the sort of the solo project i guess it's um it's about emotion really it's about feeling something um and it's not all doom and gloom i mean we're talking about um i guess dark music in a way and you know the music might touch on some darker themes and might be about um difficult life experiences and things like that 
but the idea is that there's kind of a bit of a catharsis there there's a yes. bit of a, a, a maybe a, a way to kind of work through some of those issues that we all have in life and um yeah i guess i want to i want people to feel um to, to feel that i want them to feel something that isn't quite the same as um what they feel when they're um you know listening to a different type of music or another piece of art and and i guess i want them to to feel slightly better about um themselves and about and, and to feel some kind of connection because that that's what i like what, the records that i really really connect with are the ones that make that that kind of they say something to me and i'm like yeah that feels like something that i feel or that i'd like to have said and i couldn't quite articulate it but it seems to represent something that that helps me or that i can connect with and you're um, not alone so yeah to totally man again we're almost like back to that that community thing um so yeah i guess i want i want someone to feel something it's not necessarily about like oh tapping your foot and dancing i mean that's fine if people want to do that but for me it's really about feeling something that it might make you I don't know, it might make you want to shed a tear, but there's also a kind of catharsis and a kind of joy that comes after that, perhaps, of like, we're all shedding this tear together type of thing. So, yeah, I guess that's 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 what I'd like them to, like people to, you know, experience, really. Okay. And so lastly, what do you have planned uh, after this? I know you do a lot of live stream stuff. You got any more live stream things going on or what's what's in the meantime before the club's yeah, open? Yeah, I've got, what are you doing? I, I do... Yeah, man. Well, um, okay. So there's quite a few things. So I'm working on, um, there's two albums I've got coming up. One for Waxworm, which is um, a collaboration between myself and a guy called Arthur Brown, who's over in Australia. And that's the industrial type project. That's We, we call it Dark Electro Chaos. Um, the album's called Mea Culpa. That's going to be out on Trepanation Records in, sorry, sorry Trepanation Recordings in July. Um, so we're doing all the promo stuff uh, leading up to that. And then I've also got with, with Duncan Evans, with my solo project, I've got um, a split album with um, a guy called Javier Wallace, who also does a project called Wilderness Hymnal. And that's um, going to be out in September. So we're finished. We're, I'm just, we're doing the mixing, basically. We're at the mix right. stage for that. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be doing the, the promo, promotional campaign for that soon. Um and yeah, we've got, we, I've got, I do live stream chats um, pretty much every Saturday on my Instagram, Instagram live, live stream chats. So, so the next one's with um, Andrew Davey, the author. Um, I've got quite a few coming up. I can't remember them all off the top okay. of my head, but most Saturdays. Um, and yeah, I haven't actually got a live stream show booked at the moment, but that's something that I might look at because I think in the UK, it's going to be a, few months till we till we know we've got shows right. back and, I, and i'm waiting till we know they're back till i book anything because i don't want to book more shows and then have to move them again so yeah so that's it so so basically um if people want to um review either of those two albums or if they want to interview me about those albums waxworm or the solo one that's the split with javier wallace then um they can get in touch on any of my social media pages and they can give me a shout. Yeah, yeah and, we, and we can do that. So, yeah, lots going on, basically. Thank you so much, man. Good luck with your uh, situation there. Hope it all works out and we'll see you soon. Thanks, man. It's all looking good for now. Thanks. See you soon. All right. Be well, my Bye. friend. Bye. Cheers. Hello out there. Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. 
Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!